Chapter 19, Part 2 of A Short Account of the History of Mathematics by W. W. Rouse Ball. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a reading by Paul King, pjk.scripts.mit.edu forward slash pkj. A short account of the history of mathematics by W. W. Rouse Ball. Chapter 19. Mathematics of Recent Times. Part 2. Dirichlet. One of Gauss's pupils to whom I may here allude is Lejeune Dirichlet, who is generally known for his exposition of the discoveries of Jacobi, who was his father-in-law, and of Gauss, rather than for his own original investigations, valuable though some of these are. Peter Gustave Lejeune de Reclay was born at the Rennes on February 13, 1805, and died at Göttingen on May 5, 1859. He held successively professorships at Breslau and Berlin, and on Gauss's death in 1855, was appointed to succeed him as professor of the higher mathematics at Göttingen. He intended to finish Gauss's incomplete works, for which he was admirably fitted, but his early death prevented this. He produced, however, several memoirs which have considerably facilitated the comprehension of some of Gauss's more abstruse methods. Of Dirichlet's original work, the most celebrated is that on the determination of means with applications to the distribution of prime numbers. The researches of Gauss on the theory of numbers were continued or supplemented by Jacobi, who first proved the law of cubic reciprocity, discussed on the theory of residues, and in his Canon Arithmeticus gave a table of residues of prime roots. Eisenstein this subject was next taken up by Ferdinand Gotthold Eisenstein, a professor at the University of Berlin, who was born at Berlin on April 16, 1823, and died there on October 11, 1852. The theory of numbers may be divided into two main divisions, namely the theory of congruences and the theory of forms. The solution of the problem of the representation of numbers by binary quadratic forms is one of the great achievements of Gauss, and the fundamental principles upon which the treatment of such questions rest were given by him in the Disquisition Arithmetique. Gauss there added some results relating to ternary quadratic forms, but the general extension from two to three indeterminates was the work of Eisenstein, who in his memoir Neue Theorème de Hoheren Arithmetique defined the ordinal and generic characters of ternary quadratic forms of an uneven determinant, and in the case of definite forms assigned the weight of any order or genus but he did not consider forms of an even determinant, nor give any demonstration of his work. Eisenstein also considered the theorems relating to the possibility of representing a number as a sum of squares, and shewed that the general theorem was limited to eight squares. The solutions in the cases of two, four, and six squares may be obtained by means of elliptic functions but the cases in which the numbers of squares is uneven involve the special processes peculiar to the theory of numbers. 
Eisenstein gave the solution in the case of three squares. He also left a statement of the solution he had obtained in the case of five squares, but his results were published without proofs and apply only to numbers which are not divisible by a square. Among Eisenstein's other investigations, I single out for special mention the remarkable rule he enunciated by means of which it is possible to distinguish whether a given series represents an algebraical or transcendental function. Henry Smith One of the most original and powerful mathematicians of the school founded by Gauss was Henry Smith. Henry John Stephen Smith was born in London on November 2, 1826, and died at Oxford on February 9, 1883. He was educated at Rugby and at Balliol College, Oxford, of which a latter society he was a fellow, and in 1861 he was elected Civilian Professor of Geometry at Oxford, where he resided till his death. The subject in connection with which Smith's name will be always specially remembered is the theory of numbers, and to this he devoted the years from 1854 to 1864. The results of his historical researches were given in his report published in parts in the transactions of the British Association from 1859 to 1865. This report contains an account of what had been done on the subject to that time together with some additional matter. The chief outcome of his own original work on the subjects is included in two memoirs printed in the Philosophical Transactions for 1861 and 1867, the first being on linear indeterminate equations and congruences, and the second on the orders and genera of ternary quadratic forms. In the latter memoir, demonstrations of Eisenstein's results and their extension to ternary quadratic forms of an even determinant were supplied and a complete classification of ternary quadratic forms was given. Smith, however, did not confine himself to the case of three indeterminates, but succeeded in establishing the principles on which the extension to the general case of n indeterminates depends, and obtained the general formulae, thus effecting the greatest advance made in the subject since the publication of Gauss's work. In the account of his methods and results which appeared in the Proceedings of the Royal Society, Smith remarked that the theorems relating to the representation of numbers by four squares and other simple quadratic forms are deducible by a uniform method from the principles there indicated, as also are the theorems relating to the representation of numbers by six and eight squares. He then proceeded to say, that as the series of theorems relating to the representation of numbers by sums of squares ceases, for the reason assigned by Eisenstein, when the number of squares surpasses eight, it was desirable to complete it. The results for even squares were known. The principal theorems relating to the case of five squares had been given by Eisenstein, but he had considered only those numbers which are not divisible by a square, and he had not considered the case of seven squares. Smith here completed the enunciation of the theorems for the case of five squares, and added the corresponding theorems for the case of seven squares. This paper was the occasion of a dramatic incident in the history of mathematics. Fourteen years later, in ignorance of Smith's work, 
the demonstration and completion of Eisenstein's theorems for five squares were set by the French Academy as a subject of their Grand Prix des Sciences Mathematiques. Smith wrote out the demonstration of his general theorem so far as was required to prove the results in the special case of five squares, and only a month after his death in March 1883, the prize was awarded to him, another prize being awarded to H. Minkowski of Bonn. No episode could bring out in a more striking light the extent of Smith's researches than that a question of which he had given in the solution in 1867 as a corollary from the general formulae which governed the whole class of investigations to which it belonged, should have been regarded by the French Academy as one whose solution which is of such difficulty and importance as to be worthy of their great prize. It has also been a matter of comment that they should have known so little of contemporary English and German researches on the subject as to be unaware that the result of the problem they were proposing was then lying in their own library. Among Smith's other investigations, I may specially mention his geometrical memoir, Surcalcule Problème Cubique et Biquadratique, for which in 1868 he was awarded the Steiner Prize of the Berlin Academy. In a paper which he contributed to the Atti of the Academia de Lincey for 1877, he established a very remarkable analytical relation connecting the modular equation of order n and the theory of binary quadratic forms belonging to the positive determinant n. In this paper, the modular curve is represented analytically by a curve in such a manner as to present an actual geometrical image of the complete systems of the reduced quadratic forms belonging to the determinant, and a geometrical interpretation is given to the ideas of class, equivalence, and reduced form. He was also the author of important papers in which he succeeded in extending to complex quadratic forms many of Gauss's investigations re relating to real quadratic forms. He was led by researches on the theory of numbers to the theory of elliptic functions and the results he arrived at, especially on the theory of the theta and omega functions, are of importance. The theory of numbers as treated today may be said to originate with Gauss. I have already mentioned very briefly the subject of the subsequent investigations of Jacobi, Dirichlet, Eisenstein, and Henry Smith. Among other mathematicians who have written on it, I may allude to the following. Riemann, who investigated the distribution of primes. James Joseph Sylvester, civilian professor in the University of Oxford, born in London on September 3, 1814, who has also written on the distribution of primes. Cauchy, who in particular discussed the expression of quadratic binomials. Joseph Liouville, the editor from 1836 to 1874 of the well-known journal, who was born at Saint-Omer on March 24, 1809, and died in 1882 most of whose numerous investigations dealt with the representation of numbers by special forms. Ernest Edward Coomer, born at Soro on January 29, 1810, and until recently professor at Berlin, to whom we owe the conception of the so-called ideal primes, which are required in the treatment of complexes, and which he applied to the problem of Fermat's equation, and whose paper on hypergeometric series may rank with that 
by Gauss as a classical memoir on the subject. Leopold Kronecker, professor in Berlin, born at Leinitz on December 7, 1823, and died at Berlin on December 29, 1891, most of whose investigations on this branch of mathematics were on ternary and quadratic forms. On his investigations generally see the Bulletin of the New York Mathematical Society, Volume 1, pages 173 to 184. See also below, page 469. Charles Hermite, professor in Paris, born in Lorraine on December 24, 1822, who wrote on ternary forms. Julius Wilhelm Richard Dedekind, born at Brunswick on October 6, 1831, whose more important researches, given in an appendix to his edition of Dirichlet's writings, are on ideal primes. See also below, page 493. Panotij Chebyshev, formerly professor at the University of St. Petersburg, born in Russia in 1821, who has written on the number of primes between given limits, a problem also considered by Legendre de Riclet and Riemann, and James Whitebread Lee Glacier, a fellow and tutor of Trinity College in Cambridge, born at Lewisham on November 5, 1848, from whose numerous papers I may single out those relating to prime numbers, those on functions of a number which are formed from its real or complex divisors, and on those on the possible divisors of numbers of a given form. Finally, I may mention that the problem of the partition of numbers, to which Euler paid considerable attention, has in recent times attracted the attention of Arthur Cayley, Sadlerian professor in the University of Cambridge, born in Richmond, Surrey, on August 16, 1821, of Sylvester, and of Perry, Percy Alexander McMahon, professor at Woolwich, and a major in the English artillery, born at Malta, on September 26, 1854. Interest in problems connected with the theory of numbers seems recently to have flagged, and possibly it may be found hereafter that the subject is approached better on other lines. The theory of functions of double and multiple periodicity is another subject to which much attention has been paid during this century. I have already mentioned that as early as 1808 Gauss had discovered the theta functions and their chief properties, but his investigations remained for many years concealed in notebooks, and it was to the researches made between 1820 and 1830 by Abel and Jacobi that the modern development of the subject is due. The treatment of it has been completely superseded that used by Legendre and they are justly reckoned as the creators of this branch of mathematics. Abel Niels Henrik Abel, born at Findo in Norway on August 5, 1802, and died at Arendelle on April 6, 1829, at the age of 26. His memoirs on elliptic functions, which were originally published in Krell's journal, treat the subject from the point of view of the theory of equations and algebraic forms, a treatment to which his researches naturally led him. The important and very general result, known as Abel's theorem, which was subsequently applied by Riemann to the theory of transcendental functions, was sent to the French Academy in 1828, but, mainly through the action of Cauchy, 
was not published for several years. The name of Abelian function has been given to the higher transcendence of multiple periodicity which were first discussed by Abel. He criticized the use of infinite series, but I do not know that the results lead to any definite rules for testing convergency. As illustrating his fertility of ideas, I may in passing notice his celebrated demonstration that it is impossible to solve a quintic equation by means of radicals. This theorem was the more important since it definitely limited a field of mathematics which had previously attracted numerous writers. I should add that this theorem had been enunciated as early as 1798 by Paolo Ruffini, an Italian physician practicing at Modena, but I believe that the proof he gave was deficient in generality. Jacobi Carl Gustav Jacob Jacobi, born of Jewish parents at Potsdam on December 10, 1804, and dined at Berlin on February 18, 1851, was educated at the University of Berlin, where he obtained the degree of Doctor of Philosophy in 1825. In 1827, he became extraordinary professor of mathematics at Königsberg, and in 1829 was promoted to be an ordinary professor. This chair he occupied till 1842, when the Prussian government gave him a pension, and he moved to Berlin, where he continued to live until his death in 1851. Jacobi's most celebrated investigations are those on elliptic functions, the modern notation in which is due to him, and the theory of which he established simultaneously with Abel, but independently of him. These are given in his treatise Fundamenta Nova Theorie Functionum Ellipticarum, Königsberg, 1829, and in some later papers in Krell's journal. The correspondence between Legendre and Jacobi on elliptic functions has been reprinted in the first volume of Jacobi's collected works. Jacobi, like Abel, recognized that elliptic functions were not merely a group of theorems on integration, but that they were types of a new kind of function, namely one of double periodicity. Hence he paid particular attention to the theory of the theta function. The following passage in which he explains this view is sufficiently interesting to deserve textual reproduction. Equo cum universam que fingi potest, amplicatur periodaticatam analyticam elucit, Functionis ellipticas non alis ad numerari deber transcendentibus, que quibus dem godent elegantis fortas pluribus, ilas ot meioribus, sed speciam quadnam is ines perfecti et absoluti. Among Jacobi's other investigations, I may specially single out his papers on determinants, which did a great deal to bring them into general use, and particularly his invention of the Jacobian, that is, of the functional determinant formed by the n-squared partial differential coefficients of the first order of n, given functions of n independent variables. 
I ought also to mention his papers on Abelian transcendents, his investigations on the theory of numbers, his important work on the theory of partial differential equations, his development of the calculus of variations, and his numerous memoirs on the planetary theory and other particular dynamical problems, in the course of which he also extended the theory of differential equations most of the results of the researches last named are included in his volusungen über dynamik edited by klebsch berlin eighteen sixty six riemann Georg Friedrich Bernhard Riemann was born at Bersenz on september seventeenth eighteen twenty six and died at Selaska on july twentieth eighteen sixty six he studied at Göttingen under Gauss and subsequently at Berlin under Jacobi, Dirichlet, Steiner, and Eisenstein, all of whom were professors there at the same time. His earliest paper, written in 1850, was on algebraic functions of a complex variable, and on it the recent investigations of Schwartz, Klein, and Poincaré are largely based. To those I refer very briefly below. In 1854, Riemann wrote his celebrated memoir on the hypotheses on which geometry is founded. This was succeeded by his memoirs on elliptic functions and the theory of numbers. He also wrote on physical subjects. The question of the truth of the assumptions usually made in our geometry had been considered by J. Sacheri as long ago as 1733 and in more recent times had been discussed by nikolai avinovich lobachevsky professor at Kahn, born at nijni Nov novogorod in seventeen ninety three and died at kassan on february twelfth eighteen fifty six in eighteen twenty six and again in eighteen forty by gauss in eighteen thirty one and in eighteen forty six and by johann bolyai born at Klausenberg in 1802 and died at Maros Vazarheli in 1860 and in 1832 in the appendix to the first volume of his father's Tentamen, but Riemann's memoir of 1854 attracted general attention to the subject of hypergeometry, and the theory has been since extended and simplified by various writers, notably by Eugenio Beltrami, professor at Pavia, born at Cremona in 1835, and by Hermann Ludwig Ferdinand von Helmholtz, professor at Berlin, born at Potsdam on August 31, 1821. The subject is so technical that I confine myself to a bare sketch of the argument from which the idea is derived. That a space of two dimensions should have the geometrical properties with which we are made familiar in the study of elementary geometry, it is necessary that it should be possible at any place to construct a figure congruent to a given figure. And this is so only if the product of the principal radii of curvature at every point in space or surface be a constant. There are three species of surfaces which possess this property, namely, one, spherical surfaces, where the product is positive, two, plane surfaces, which led to Euclidean geometry, where it is zero, and three, what Beltrami has called pseudospherical surfaces, where it is negative. Moreover, if any surface be bent without dilation or contraction, the measure of curvature remains unaltered.
Thus these three species of surfaces are types of, of three kinds on which congruent figures can be constructed. For instance, a plane can be rolled into a cone, and the system of geometry on a conical surface is similar to that on a plane. These kinds of space of two dimensions are distinguished from one another by a simple test. Through a point of spherical space, no geodetic line, a geodetic line being defined as the shortest distance between two points, can be drawn parallel to a given geodetic line. Through a point of Euclidean or plane space, one and only one geodetic line, i.e. a straight line, can be drawn parallel to a given geodetic line. Through a point of pseudospherical space, more than one geodetic line can be drawn parallel to a given geodetic line, but all these lines form a pencil whose vertical angle is constant. It may be thought that we have a demonstration that our space is plane, since through a given point we can draw only one straight line parallel to a given straight line. This is not so, for it is conceivable that our means of observation do not permit us to say with absolute accuracy whether two lines are parallel. Hence, we cannot use this as a means to tell whether our space is plane or not. A better test can be deduced from the proposition that in any two-dimensional space of uniform curvature, the sum of the angles of a triangle, if it differ from two right angles, will differ by a quantity proportional to the area of the triangle. Hence it may happen, possibly, that although for triangles such as we can measure, the difference is imperceptible, yet for triangles which are millions of times bigger, there would be a sensible difference. If space be spherical or pseudospherical, its extent is finite. If it be plane, its extent is infinite. In regard to pseudospherical space, I should add that its extent may be infinite if it be constructed in space of four dimensions. In the preceding sketch of the foundations of non-Euclidean geometry, I have assumed tacitly that the measure of a distance remains the same everywhere. Klein has shown that if this be not the case, and if the law of the measurement of distance be properly chosen, we can obtain three systems of plane geometry analogous to the three systems mentioned above. These are called respectively elliptic, parabolic, and hyperbolic geometries. The above refers to only to hyperspace of two dimensions. Naturally, there arises the question whether there are different kinds of hyperspace of three or more dimensions. Riemann showed that there are three kinds of hyperspace of three dimensions having properties analogous to the three kinds of hyperspace of two dimensions already discussed. These are differentiated by the test whether at every point no geodetical surfaces or one geodetical surface or a fasciculus of geodetical surfaces can be drawn parallel to a given surface, a geodetical surface being defined as such that every geodetic line joining two points on it lies wholly on the surface. I return now to Riemann's other investigations. In multiply periodic functions, it is hardly too much to say that he in his memoir in Bouchard's 
journal for 1857 did for the abelian functions what abel had done for the elliptic functions and it is this perhaps that will constitute one of his chief claims to future distinction in the theory of numbers riemann's short tract of eight pages on the number of primes which lie between two given numbers affords a striking instance of his analytical powers legendre had previously shewn that the number of primes less than n is very approximately n divided by the quantity log n minus one point o eight three six six but riemann went further and this tract and a memoir by chebyshev contains nearly all that had been done yet in connection with a problem of so obvious of a character that it has suggested itself to all who has considered the theory of numbers and yet which overtaxed the powers even of lagrange and gauss among others than those already named i may mention the following who have written on elliptic and abelian functions Johann Georg Rosenhain, professor in Königsberg, born there on June 10, 1816, and died in 1887, who wrote in 1884 on the hyperelliptic double theta function and functions of two variables with four periods. Adolf Gopel, born at Rostock in September 1812 and died at Berlin in March 1847, who discussed hyperelliptic functions. See Krell's Journal, Volume 35, 1847, pages 313 to 318. Karl Weierstrauss, professor in Berlin, born at Ostenfeld on October 31, 1815, whose earlier researches related to the theta functions which he treated under a modified form in which they are expressible in powers of the modulus. At a later period he developed a method for treating all elliptic functions in a symmetrical manner, a process to which he was naturally led by his researches on the general theory of functions in this theory the theta functions are independent of the form of their space boundaries leopold kronecker who wrote on elliptic functions francesco brioschi of rome who wrote on elliptic and hyperelliptic functions henry smith who discussed the transformation theory the theta and omega functions and certain functions of the modulus Cayley, who was the first to work out in 1845 the theory of doubly infinite products and determine their periodicity, and who has written at length on the connection between the researches of Legendre and Jacobi, his later writings have dealt mainly with the theory of transformations and the modular equation. Cayley's collected works are now being issued by the University of Cambridge. The researches of Hermite, are mostly concerned with the transformation theory, the higher development of the theta functions, and the connection between the methods and results of Weierstrauss and Jacobi. The transformation of the double theta function has been also considered by Leo Konigsberger, professor at Heidelberg, born in Prussia, 1837. See his lectures, published at Leipzig in 1874. The investigations of George Henri Hafen, an officer in the French army, born at Rouen on October 30, 1844, and died in Paris 
on May 21, 1889, are largely founded on Wire Strauss's work. A sketch of Helfen's life and works given in Liouville's journal for 1889, pages 345 to 359, and in the Comptes Rendus, 1890, volume 110, pages 489 to 497. See also below, pages 481 to 482. Felix Christian Klein, born in 1849, now professor in Göttingen, has written on abelian functions, elliptic, modular functions, and hyperelliptic functions. Finally, H. A. Schwartz, formerly of Göttingen, now in Berlin, born 1845. H. W. Weber of Marburg, M. Nother of Erlangen, W. Stahl of Aix-la-Chapelle, F. G. Frobenius, now of Berlin and formerly of Zurich, and Glacier have written on various branches of the theory, and Dr. Glacier has in particular developed the theory of the zeta function. The textbook by Briot and Bouquet contains a clear account of the elliptic functions as it exists at present, developed from the point of view of the complex variable. Albert Briot was born at St. Hippolyte in 1817, occupied a chair at the Sorbonne in Paris, and died in 1882. Jean-Claude Bouquet was born in 1819 and died in Paris in 1885. End of section 35 of A Short Account of the History of Mathematics by W. W. Rousball. Recording by Paul King. Mississauga, Ontario pjk.scripts.mit.edu forward slash pkj.